In uncertain days, it is important to remember that our world is getting ready to meet God. We are all getting ready to meet Him. The King is coming. Today, we join Scott Pauley in walking through the final book of the Bible, the revelation of Jesus Christ. throne without an occupant is just a piece of furniture. But I want to tell you, our God has not abdicated His throne. We've been studying through Revelation chapter 4, and I don't know about you, but my heart has been helped as my view has been lifted to see the one seated on the throne. In verse 2, He's on the throne. That's His sovereignty. In verse 3, uh, there's a view about the throne. That's His splendor. In verse 5, there's something coming out of the throne. That's His judgment. In verse 6, before the throne, we see peace. In verse 6, we see in the midst of the throne, worship. And in verse 10, we come full circle back to those who are before the throne. And thank God, that's us. When you come to the end of Revelation chapter 4, you come to a worship service already in progress. And today, I want to show you what the Father has always wanted. Do you know what God has always wanted? He's always wanted one thing, that which He's worthy of. He's always wanted worship. How do I know that? Because Jesus said it. In John chapter 4, you remember, He said, The Father seeketh such to worship Him. God is still looking for true worshipers. And let me tell you where all this is going to end. It's all going to end at the nail-pierced feet of Jesus Christ in worship and adoration. Listen to the end of Revelation 4 and verse 9. The Bible says, And when those beasts give glory and honor and thanks to Him that sat on the throne who liveth forever and ever, the four and twenty elders fall down before Him that sat on the throne and worship Him that liveth forever and ever and cast their crowns before the throne, saying, Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power, for Thou hast created all things, and for Thy pleasure they are and were created. Three powerful verses, Revelation 4, verse 9, verse 10, and verse 11. Look at them with me. Verse 9 shows us the wonder of the angels. Do you know what angels wonder at? The one thing the angels stand in amazement of is God. Now that's a pretty good example for all of us. If they stand in awe, we certainly should be standing in awe of the God seated on the throne. The Bible says in verse 9 that those angelic beasts give glory and they give honor and they give thanks. I wonder today, would you give Him glory? Would you give Him honor? Would you give Him thanks? Would you, would you join the angels in their wonder of who our God is? You know, it's a funny thing about true worship. True worship never has to be prompted, primed, or pried. True worship is the natural response of a grateful heart. Do you see the word thanks here? Are you a grateful person? If the angels have something to be grateful for, you better believe sinners like us have much to be grateful for. Now, the angels marvel that God would show such grace to sinners like us who've rebelled against Him. And yet He has. We have much to give Him praise and give Him glory for. And so we see the wonder of the angels as God. And then in verse number 10, there's a shift from the angels to us. You remember the last time we studied, I said that the angels sing praise, and we ought to join in that? Well, that actually happens in Revelation 4. 
The Bible says that while they're singing and giving praise, in verse 10, the four and twenty elders fall down before him that sat on the throne. Remember, the twenty-four elders represent the church. Do you know where we're all going to be someday? We're all going to be on our faces. Sometimes we say we'll stand before the throne. I don't think we'll stand long. No, I think we'll be kneeling very quickly. Uh, We will lay out before the Lord at the nail-pierced feet of Jesus Christ. He is the one on the throne. And when they fall on their faces, what do they do? The Bible says they worship Him that liveth forever and ever. See, in heaven, worship is marked by everybody on their faces and all eyes on Jesus. And I want to just tell you, what's true in heaven should be true now on earth today. We should be humble before God and we should have all eyes fixed on Jesus Christ. Get your eyes off everybody and everything and get your eyes back on the Lord. Do you remember early in this chapter, Revelation 4, uh, that God used two stones uh, to represent the one seated on the throne? He used a jasper and a sardine stone. Did you know even the stones speak of the sun? Jasper was the stone of the tribe of Reuben. Uh, Behold, a stone. That was Reuben. And uh, that's very interesting to me. Who is Jesus Christ? He's the stone. He's the living stone. Uh, He is the, the stone of stumbling. He is the chief cornerstone. So that was Reuben's stone, the jasper stone. That's Christ. The other is the sardine stone. That was the stone of Benjamin. What does Benjamin mean? Son of my right hand. We're getting a picture here of our Christ, the rock, the intercessor, the one at the right hand. That's who we're bowing before. I want to just tell you, worship Him, friends. Worship Him. And notice what they do. They not only fall down and worship Him, the Bible says they cast their crowns before the throne. We talk about people getting crowns someday at the judgment seat. And there are at least five distinct crowns mentioned in Scripture. But let's just get this clear. You're not going to get a crown someday so you can wear your crown all over glory. Uh, We're not going to prance around heaven boasting about our crowns. Our crowns all go back to Christ. Any reward we receive, any crown we receive, we cast those at the worthy feet of Jesus Christ. In fact, there's a progression in Revelation 4. In verse 4, the four and twenty elders had their their crowns on their heads, but at the end of the chapter, they have their crowns at His feet. That's the way it's going to be. We'll be given crowns, but we'll give them back to the only one who's worthy of receiving them. Later in Revelation, we'll come to Revelation 19, 12, we're going to get a glimpse of Jesus with many crowns on His head. Where do you think those many crowns are coming from? They're coming from the worship of the church. So, in verse 9, we see the wonder of the angels. In verse 10, we see the worship of the church. And in verse 11, the last verse of Revelation 4, we see the worthiness of the Lord. This is why angels sing. This is why the church worships. Verse 11 says, Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power. For Thou hast created all things, and for Thy pleasure they are and were created. I find this fascinating. All the connections between Genesis and Revelation. When you come to the end, you have to go back to the beginning. When you come to Revelation, you have to go full circle back to the Creator God. You remember what Paul wrote about all things being created by Him and for Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made? It's the same principle here. You see, the Creator is the judge. The Creator is the King. The Creator is the one who is worthy of all worship and all of our praise. 
And I want to tell you, friends, he's, he's not just worthy someday. He's worthy today. And he's not just worthy of worship from the angels. He's worthy of worship from every one of us. Instead of having to, to have somebody prompt you or prime you to worship, would you just let worship be the natural expression of your soul in gratitude to God? Would you let your life and your lips overflow with praise and worship for the Lord? He is worthy. That's really what the word worship comes from. Two words, worthship. Might I just ask, what is the Lord worth to you? What is your salvation worth to you? Uh, what, what weight uh, do you give to God and His work in your life? Then whatever that is, would you say to the Lord today, Lord, you're worthy. Worthy to receive glory and honor and power. You created me. For your own pleasure, I was created, and now I want to bring you pleasure. The one thing that brings God greatest pleasure is worship. It's what the Father's always wanted. It's what He's going to get someday, and it's what He deserves today. Worship Him. The purpose of all Scripture is to see God. In Revelation, the curtain is pulled back and we are reminded not to simply look at world events, but to look to Christ. We hope you will join us next time as Scott Pauley continues our study through this amazing book of the Bible. You may also join us right now for additional studies and a library of helpful resources at enjoyingthejourney.org. You will find several new features at our online home and we trust they will be a blessing to you as you walk with God. Plan to visit us each day at enjoyingthejourney.org and we look forward to returning to Revelation on our next broadcast. Keep your eyes on Christ and look up. The King is coming.